We've covered the rapture, which is uh, when Christ comes back for the church, and now we've kind of moved into the tribulation time, uh, which takes place after the rapture of the church, and then uh, we talked about the Antichrist last week, how he's going to be identified, he's going to be brought before the people, uh, and he's going to be worldwide accepted. Uh, and then tonight we're going to look at three people tonight, Antichrist being one of those, uh, again this evening, and we've titled the Unholy Trinity. And we've got to remember as believers, we are not going to be here for this, but this is going to take place uh, here on earth. That's why it's essential for us to, to preach and to share the gospel with those that are around us because uh, there are people that are going to go through this. But Revelation chapter number 13 tonight, look at verse number 1. The Bible said, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was likened to a leopard, and his feet uh, were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him power, and his seat in great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, uh, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power unto the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against, the Lord, against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle in them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell on the earth, uh, upon the earth worship him, whose names are not written in the book of uh, the life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth must the, with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exercised all the power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should, take, that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should uh, both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his, his number is six hundred three score and six, or what we would say is six six six. Let's pray tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we do take we do ask you tonight, Lord, you just take the word of God, help us to see the truths in it, Lord. Help us not to live in fear of what Lord is what taking place here, Lord. We know as believers, as those that have been saved by the grace of God, this is something, Lord, that we'll not experience. But, Lord, it does do us good to study it, Lord, to understand what is going to take place. And, Lord, help us to better be a better witness and better be prepared to answer the questions that some might have for us. 
We thank you, Lord, for clarity. Lord, we ask you that you give us understanding tonight. Lord, help us not to read too far into something. Uh, Lord, but help us to take the word of God as it says it, Lord, and help us to, uh, Lord, understand it in a way that is both personal and practical, Lord, and uh, powerful as well. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We'll give you the glory. We'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Notice now, one thing you have to realize about Satan, he has always tried to imitate God. He has always tried to imitate Christ or mock the Lord. Uh, and he has always corruptly copied what the Lord has done. Uh, he is, because he, he can't, he cannot, he cannot, in that in sense, be an identical copy of it. But really, he takes it, he corrupts it with a corrupt image, so to speak. And we see the climax of that in Revelation chapter number 13. Uh, we see that, you know, the, one of the greatest truths about God is that God is a trinity. Uh, he is three persons as one. You have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, or God, you know, the Holy Ghost. Uh, and we see here tonight, as we look at Revelation chapter number 13, what we have called or what we've titled the unholy trinity. And this is these, these three uh, persons are going to be revealed and be seen during the tribulation period. The first one being Satan, right? That is in verse uh, number where is it at? It says in the dragon. Verse number uh, two, then the dragon gave him power. The dragon that is referenced there is Satan himself, uh, is, is the dragon there. And he is, in his eyes, he is God the Father, right? He's in charge of this. He's, he's working all this together. We talked about last week how he is going to, he's going to be the one that's going to raise up the Antichrist who's going to be used of Satan uh, in these end times. And so we see Satan, he is the dragon. And then in Revelation chapter 13, that first beast that is mentioned is the Antichrist. Uh, that we talked about last week, and he is a picture of God the Son, right? He's going to come in and do the will of Satan, right? And so in essence, just like Jesus came to earth and did the will of the Father, the Antichrist is going to come and do the will of Satan. Uh, the Antichrist is not uh, ingenuity of himself or you know, thinking this of himself. It is Satan in him who has given him the power uh, and the ability to do what he is doing. And then in verse number 11, we are introduced to another beast. Look at verse number 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. That is the false prophet uh, that we'll see. And we'll talk about these three tonight. But we'll see tonight, this is what we call the unholy trinity. And it's nothing more than a sinful imitation of the work of God. Uh, God sent the Son, the Son gave the Spirit, and here Satan raises up the Antichrist and the false prophet comes in. And just like the Holy Spirit does for you and I, who does the Holy Spirit always point back to? He points back towards God, right? He points us towards the Lord. He points us towards God's word. Well, that false prophet's gonna be raised up and he's gonna point everybody back to the Antichrist. Or he's gonna point them to the Antichrist in that sense. He's gonna uh, do some things that are gonna cause them to worship him. But as we look at this tonight, we're gonna look at this uh, unholy trinity and look at it in a further detail. And so first of all, we're gonna look at the dragon, that is Satan himself in verse number two. And we find him again in verse number four. Uh, it says, and they worshiped the dragon which gave the power unto the beast. You know, that's what Satan's always wanted, to be worshiped. He's always wanted people to worship him. Uh, he's, uh, that, that's his desire. He even wants God himself to worship Satan. That's why in, in Ezekiel said, I will rise up. I will be like unto God. I will, I will be worshiped in that sense. And he's always, but in, when we come to the tribulation period, he is the one that is pulling the strings. He's making these things happen. It, it, it is his time, so to speak. It is, uh, we do know that during the millennial reign, he will be bound up. And then eventually he'll be tossed in the lake of fire uh, after that. But we always have to remember when it comes to Satan is we can't play with him and we can't 
take him lightly. We can't give him, the Bible says don't even give him place in your life. Uh, and don't even, the smallest place you can't give to him. You've probably heard the saying, you give him an inch, he's gonna take a mile. Right, he, he does not play fair, he does not play nice, he does not have considerations, he does not care, he does not uh, love you one bit. And Satan is God's enemy, he's also every Christian's enemy, he's the enemy of righteousness. The world that we live in now, everything that we see that is against God is not necessarily just man's natural thinking, but it is Satan who's come in and brought in these deceptive lies and people are hanging on to them. It's crazy the amount of things that people think nowadays that are completely normal, that when I was growing up, I thought, Man, they, you know, how, how do you get that far off? The reality is there's been a lie that has been put in their ear and they've believed it to be true and that lie comes from Satan. He's God's enemy, he's every Christian's enemy. He's the enemy of righteousness. He's the author of sin, suffering, and death, right? He's the one through beguilement and through deception uh, is, is the one that beguiled Adam and Eve. Is the reason why we have death today. Is the reason why we have to meet around uh, a coffin and meet, around, meet at, at a graveside. He's, he's the one that's behind those things. He's the one that started it all. But one thing we do have to be reminded of, yes, he's all those things, but he's already, he, he can be defeated today. In essence, Satan does not have to win today. Right, Satan does not have to win, and it's been said a few times already uh, with all this sickness going on that, that Satan is on a rampage right now, and, and the reality is I try my best not to give him any credit. I try my best not to say, well, it's Satan's working, Satan's doing this. The reality is, is, is right now as, as we are living, we know we serve a sovereign God. <clears throat> like I said, this morning, today to not take God by surprise. And yet God is faithful enough to take care of all of us that are here today and all those that are at their houses this, this at the evening he to watch over us. But Satan's already defeated. In essence, you don't have to lose to Satan. Matter of fact, if we do lose to Satan, it's because we allow him to win. In essence, we give him the opportunity to win. James 4, 7 tells us, submit yourselves unto, therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. In essence, he will get fed up with you not giving in. The point where he's going to say, I'm going to go find somebody else because, see, God is long-suffering. God is gracious, right? God is, is patient with us, but Satan is not. He wants it now, and if, he, if you're not going to give him what he wants and he knows he's not going to get it from him, he's going to move on to somebody else that will. And so, but how, how do we resist Satan? It's, it's not giving him the Heisman, right? It's not putting your hand in his face, but it is submitting yourself, therefore, to God. In essence, you're submitting yourself to God's word, God's ways, God's plan, and he knows if, if you're completely submitted to God, if you're full in that sense that we talked about this morning, if you're full, Satan knows there's not much he can do with you besides attack you and lie on you. And then we also know that Satan will be defeated forever. Re Revelation chapter 20, verse number 10 tells us that. The Bible said, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Well, Brother Tate, preacher, I, 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 thought, I thought those rock groups said they was going to party it up with Satan and in the lake of fire. The Bible said that Satan is not going to be down there reigning and ruling over hell. He's going to be tormented forever. The same thing that everybody else is going through there in the lake of fire is Satan himself is going to be going through it. He's going to be tormented forever. He's not going to be down there, the king, of, the king of hell. No, he's going to be tormented forever and ever and ever is what the Bible said right there in Revelation 20, verse number 10. To be tormented day and night forever and ever. It's never going to stop. 
And so we see tonight, we look at this unholy trinity, we see Satan, he is, he is the, the, the father represented there, even though he is blasphemous and all those, he's, he's the, 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 the corruptible version of that. He's the father, he's the one who's, who's pulling the strings during the tribulation time and making all this to come to pass with, with it all ending in one place. What is it? That is the great battle of Armageddon where the, the armies of this earth will try to stand before God and Jesus will come on his white horse. We'll talk about that more in just a few weeks, but uh, he'll come and he'll annihilate them, not with you know, a great battle. You know, we like to think, you know, like they said, they're, they're fighting and it's down to the wire and Jesus comes out in the last second, he pulls the sword out, and he, uh, he just barely wins. No, the Bible said with the word of his mouth, he will annihilate them and, and defeat them. And the truth is, if his word can do that, his word can defeat any problem we have. Right, so we ought, to, we ought to trust in it. So we see the dragon tonight, which is Satan. Then we see the first beast mentioned in Revelation 13, which is the Antichrist. Uh, verse number one, and I stood upon the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. Upon his horns, ten crowns, and upon his heads, the name of, of blasphemy. And we see tonight, the, we talked about this a little bit last week, he, the Bible said he, he, he rises up out of the sea. Not only is that a picture of a, a sin in that sense, because there's the division of seas, uh, sea divides land from each other, but also it is a picture of the Gentile nations. And so most scholars believe that the Antichrist will be of Gentile descent. He will not be a Jew. He will be of Gentile descent. And once again, that is speculation. That is, that is trying our best to make sense of something that the Bible doesn't clearly say. Now, the Bible clearly said he will be a Gentile. Then yes, I would argue up and down with you. He's going to be a Gentile. Uh, he, he's going to be of, of, of that kind of line. But we see here tonight that he, he operates with the power and the authority of Satan. Now, once again, you remember Satan imitates, but it's corrupted in that sense. How many are glad that God became man for us? Right? He, he came to planet Earth. He died for us. He lived for us. Right? He, so he could know how we were troubled. He went through. He became man for us. Well, Satan can't become man for us. He can't become man himself. So Satan will overtake a man for himself. In essence, he will come in and he will possess the Antichrist. And really, the Antichrist was going to think he's going to charge, but everything he's doing is being fed to him by Satan. And so we see, it goes on to say right here uh, in verse number one, and then go down to verse number four, and they worship the dragon which gave power unto the beast. In essence, uh, the Antichrist is operating from Satan's evil power. Satan will always want people to worship him, and through the Antichrist, that's what he's going to get. He's finally going to get people to worship him, to bow down before him, to bow uh, before him as they had or as folks have bowed before God. He's, that's what he's craving, and that's what he's going to get during the tribulation period, even though the reality is he has to do it through force, and he has to do it through control, whereas God allows you and I to worship him freely. Nobody's made me worship God. Nobody's taken a gun to my head and say, listen, I'm going, if, you don't, if you don't say amen 13 times during the service, you're done for. Right? If you don't get excited while you're preaching, you're done for. No, it's just the fact that every now and again, what God has done for me gets real big in my heart, and I'm reminded of his grace and his mercy. And he's never once forced me to serve him. He's always said, well, if you want to, you can. If you're willing to, I'll use you. And I'm grateful for that. But that's not how Satan operates. <clears throat> But we see it tonight, there's definitely some interesting things in Revelation 13 that could go either way. Uh, there are interesting studies to look at. Uh, but if you go down to verse, where is it at? Verse uh, talks about, uh, there it is, verse number three. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after him. Then you read a few other times within this chapter, and it talks about this wound being healed 
in the Antichrist. Uh, and some believe that that is a reference to a revived Roman Empire because uh, it talks about the ten heads and it talks about the, uh, the, the horns that are on him. Uh, but it talks about one of these heads being wounded and then being healed again. And it's, it's, it's interesting to think about something. It's a revived Roman Empire uh, that is going to be this one world government that's going to take over. Because uh, you understand the times of biblical writings, Rome was the world power. Uh, and you say, well, what about America, preacher? The only problem, I don't find America anywhere in Revelation. Uh, and, you know, some had said they found it, and it's a far stretch to do so. Uh, but we see here tonight that, you know, there's, there's this aspect, well, maybe it's a revived Roman Empire, or maybe you've heard it preached that the Antichrist himself will stage his own death and stage his own resurrection. And when it, this is done, people will flock to him because it's miraculous thing. This, he was dead, who has come back to life. And they, the Bible does say there will be a strong delusion that is sent because you've got to realize it's amazing how many people who, who will not accept the fact that Jesus died and rose again, and yet here comes this man who is going to stage it and make it look as so, and they're going to fall down and worship him. But notice, well, what can we learn about the Antichrist? Well, he will be a warlike person. Verse number four, the Bible said, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Once again, that is a direct reference. Uh, if you go back to the Old Testament where those, who is like unto our God? Right, we see here the people are going to begin to ask that question. Who is like unto the beast? Who is like unto the Antichrist? Who can make war with him? They're going to come and realize they can't win against him. And if they can't win against him, they're going to join him. Uh, my dad had a saying, when you've probably heard it, when in Rome, do as the Romans, right? And it's interesting, you think, well, if it's a Roman Empire revived, and all that kind of, it's interesting to think about, it, but most of the people in the, the world at that time, they're going to realize, we can't beat this man, and so we're going to join up, and that's where that worldwide peace, that one world government's going to come from, because he's going to control through domination. In essence, get on, get on board with him or die is his two options. Uh, but he, so he'll have a warlike person, he will be a blasphemer. Look at verse number five. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things in blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months. It's the length of the tribulation. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle in them that dwell in heaven. Well, who's dwelling in heaven? Christians. Those that are saved. Those that have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where we're, we're going to be at during that time. And here comes the Antichrist. He's blaspheming everything about God. You know, it's interesting. We, we live in a culture, right, where, where we, we see people blaspheme God's name and it bothers us when we see it on the news, when we, we see it in everyday life. But then sometimes we excuse it for entertainment reasons. And we got to realize that this Antichrist, everything that's coming out of his mouth is blasphemy. It, 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 and it's not like the, the subtle blasphemy. We're talking about outright, complete blasphemy. And we, we've, we've already seen this spirit in our society. Uh, you know, things like, you know, uh, what if Mary, Mary should have aborted Jesus, things like that. We, we see those things all the time, uh, you know, especially in our nation and our political things. But he, this Antichrist, this Antichrist will be a blasphemer. Then all of that, he'll be, an, he'll be an atheist. Look at verse number eight. And all that dwell on the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain before the foundations of the world. In essence, he's not okay with people believing in him and God. It's either you believe in the Antichrist or nothing else. And so he will be an atheist, not so much that there is no God, but he himself is God. And he views himself as that. And then really tonight, the one I wanted to get to was the false prophet. We, not that we know everything about Satan or the Antichrist, but we bring in this, this person, this man called the false prophet. We are introduced to him in verse number 11. 
Miles said, I held another beast coming up out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb. There is this, that two horns like a lamb. It is that, that appearance of gentleness, but it's a facade. It is, it is uh, you know, I'm looking meek. I'm looking uh, lowly, but the Bible he said he spake as a dragon, right? And so we see tonight, yes, he may look one way, but really that's just a show the words coming out of his mouth say otherwise, and now, another uh, interesting thing here to think about, the verse 1, we see the Antichrist being raised up out of the sea. Verse 11, this Bible says another beast coming up out of the earth. Some believe that is a reference to him being a Jew. Uh, once again, that's, that's speculation. It's interesting to study, but I, I don't feel like I could step out and say that is a conviction of mine. Uh, or, you know, it's interesting to think about. And so we see that he's similar to, the, in essence, how the Holy Spirit points people to Jesus. This false prophet is going to come in, and he's not necessarily pointing people to the Antichrist, but he's going to make people uh, believe and follow and worship the Antichrist. So the, so, so the false prophet will do for the Antichrist, much like the Holy Spirit does for the Lord. Now, Revelation 19.20, we see that he will be a man. Uh, he will not be just a system. Uh, now, we do understand in the book of Re Revelation, there is a religious system called the, the whore of Babylon, the great mystery of Babylon, and it is that one world government we're going to learn about. He's going to be the head of it, but his whole goal is to take the world and to point them to the Antichrist uh, and to make them worship the Antichrist, but he will be a man. What's the preacher? How do you know that he's going to be a man? Revelation 19.20 says, And the beast was taken, which uh, that was the Antichrist, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, which had, he had deceived them and had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image, these both were cast into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. In essence, God doesn't put world systems and God doesn't put philosophies into the lake of fire. People and persons go into the lake of fire. And so if the, the false prophet is thrown into the lake of fire, then he must be a person. No, not empires or world systems are thrown into the lake of fire. So he will be a man. He will be a, a legitimate person. Uh, but he also will do great wonders. Because he goes on to say right down there uh, in verse number 12, and he exercised all power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship him. The first beast, here it is, whose deadly wound was healed. There again, verse number 13, he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. You know, it's interesting. We are, we are living in a society now, and I don't know how you read the news, how you take the news. Uh, you know, a majority of it's political. majority of it's been uh, hijacked for political reasons. But when, you, when, I, when, when I read, I enjoy reading science articles and different things like that, but not just because I like science, but it's, it's like you can kind of start to connect certain dots and see certain things. Uh, you know, out of nowhere, we are, there's scientists trying to create matter. Right, they're, 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 they're trying to take nothing. In essence, they're trying to prove the Big Bang Theory. And we're seeing all these things in science. And I think this, this false prophet is, when by the time he comes, you know, some people say, well, when this comes, the world's going to be back on horses and spears. And, you know, there, there's no real uh, credit to that or to say that's how it's going to be. But the way technology is going, you know, we're going to see, I think a lot of that stuff's going to be used by him. And it's going to be taken up and, and hijacked in that sense uh, by him. But he'll do great. He'll call fire down from heaven. I think the Chinese government right now is that they can literally make it rain. <laughs> they can put iodine in the clouds and it makes the, 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 the uh, rain come out, somehow makes rain come out of the clouds. It's fascinating to think about, but then you say, well, that's probably how they're going to call fire out of heaven, right? Because it, it, it can't be really done. He don't have the power of God, but it's going to be made to look so. And he's going to perform uh, deceptive miracles. See, when Christ came and did miracles, he himself 
explain, that's not what I'm here for. Right? I'm not here to just be a miracle worker, but it was through the miracles that he expressed his deity. And we've seen him to be 100% God at the same time 100% man. And it was to help people, to help people to realize who he was so they could believe on him. But here, the, the false prophet's going to do these miracles with the cause of deceiving the people into worshiping the Antichrist. Then he goes on to say there in verse, uh, verse number 15, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and to cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And so the, the false prophet is going to command the people to build an image of the beast, a, an idol of that sense, and he is going to give life to that idol. That idol is going to speak, that image is going to come to life and speak and literally say, either bow down before me and worship me or be killed. You say, well, preacher, how in the world can that happen? We're living in the AI generation. Matter of fact, we, we use a program that, that helps put us those, our posts on Facebook. And, you know, it, you know, you can design things. And it, it, it's, it's a good program. It's a blessing in that sense. But I was on it the other day, and now they have an AI generator. And you can literally type in something that you want an image to be generated of. And it can be from the, the crazy, I want, I want two ladybugs on top of Mount Everest. And it will produce an image of that. And it's, it's crazy to think about, but when you step back and you, you look at that in scope of the Bible, you're saying, well, I can see how they could give life to an image and how people will say, oh, this thing is alive. We, we must follow this Antichrist. And really, the, 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 the other thing is, well, if I don't, I'm going to be killed. Right? And so we see that now he's going to form these deceptive miracles. He'll give life uh, to an image of the beast and kill all that don't worship. You got AI? <laughs> I grew up in the 90s, right? And that's when video games really began to take off. And I remember I was in, uh, I think we had just moved down here, so I was in the fourth grade. And they released the first ever three-dimensional baseball game. It was called VR Baseball 2000. And I remember being, my mind being blown on how realistic it looked. And now I go back and look at them and think, man, that was so, so not realistic looking. But at the time, it was, because we had, before that, we had the Super Nintendo, and now we've got 3D, and now I look at video games now, like Call of Duty, and, and, and even the sports games now, I'm like, Am I, is that a video game or are I watching TV? It's, how, it's crazy how uh, real these things have become, and we see it playing out right before us, and, and it's not preaching against video games tonight, but you can, you can kind of step back and see, well, this may be how things are going to work. I'm not going to step out and say this is how the Antichrist is going to do it or this is how the false prophet is going to do it. But it's interesting uh, to think about. It's, it, it really makes you realize that we probably don't have a lot of time left. That we, are, we very well may be the generation that sees the rapture of the church. And these things will follow after it. Then notice verses 16 and 18. We see that the false prophet will institute the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast, look at verse 16. And he causeth all, both small and great and rich and poor, free and bond to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehands, uh, or, or in their foreheads. And so we see tonight that, you know, it's, it's amazing when you, when you look at how contrary, you know, how, how similar it is to the, 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 the proclamation of the gospel, but then how contrary it is at the same time. The gospel works for anybody, right? We preach a whosoever will gospel, 
it's for the rich, it's for the poor, it's, it is for the free and for the bond, it is for the small, it's for the great, but here it is, he's going to cause, on essence, you're going to be forced to. Um, I can't remember what, what atheist it was that said that Christianity is nothing more than a poor man's religion. The reality is Christianity works for anybody. It works for everybody. The reality is that when this time comes, this is, this is going to be forced upon everybody. And they are going to, if they want to live, if they want to buy and they want to sell, they're going to have to take the mark of the beast or the name of the beast, verse number 17, or the number of his name. And here is wisdom. Let him that hath uh, understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, and his number is 600, three score and six. Let me, let me tell you tonight, don't be scared of that number. Right? Don't be scared of that number. I remember working at Sonic and I took someone's order and their total came to $6.66. And my manager's like, I mean, talking about dove over three people and, you know, jumped over me and pushed some buttons to take, and to take a penny off. So it'd be $6.65. He said, we can't send that out. I said, why don't you just give it to free then? <laughs> why don't you just, uh, I mean, we still got to make money, but <laughs> we can't have that number on there. He said, aren't, uh, he said I, I thought you, was, you, you go to church and all that. That number don't scare you? I said, man, it's just a number. <laughs> it's just a number right now. I understand it's the number of the beast, but right now it's just a number. <laughs> if, I, if I pass it out, if I go to Walmart and pay six, six, $6.66, it doesn't mean that I, 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 I'm, I'm I'm going to hell in that sense. It's just what my total happened to be. I don't live in fear of it, but we do understand. And there's a lot of study you can do. There are people that have done that, uh, studying out the number 666 and how if you take it and you put it in the Latin, you put it in this and different names equal this. It's interesting. It's definitely interesting tonight to think about and to see those things. But at the same time, we, the, the, the thing that really stuck out to me is verse number 16. The Bible says, he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive the mark in their right hand or in, in their foreheads. Now, I, I, I was of the persuasion growing up when it talks about in the forehead or in the right hand, it's talking about a tattoo because they take a needle and they put ink in your skin, right? Uh, when you get a tattoo and they say, well, they're going to tattoo it onto your forehead or they're going to tattoo it onto your wrist uh, or into your hand, and no doubt it could be that. But how many know this week, this week, Elon Musk, his company is called Neuralink. This week, they implemented uh, the first computer chip into a, a human's brain. It's interesting that, that people could, you know, I don't know who signed up for that, but they, they, have, they are doing the trials of, of putting a, a computer chip in a human brain and, and in essence allowing the brain to operate like a computer or to operate a computer without having a computer in front of you. And we think, well, if they're doing that now, it'd be nothing for them to say, hey, listen, if you want to live, you're going to have to put this chip in your forehead. If you don't want to, or if you disobey once it's in there, it's just a kill switch. Or you even think about the, the hand in the sense. <laughs> How many have ever given your fingerprints to anybody? Right now, my fingerprints are on 17, probably 1,800 different databases. Why, preacher? Were you a, were you a criminal? No, I was, my dad was in the army. And so when you, got, when you got ID, you had to put your thumb in there. You had to put all your fingers on there, and then they digitized it on the back of your ID was your fingerprints. Uh, and, and so they're, they're, they're already there. But I remember when we flew into Albania, we flew over to Italy. Nowadays, you can take your passport, you can put it on the thing, and you'll stand up looking at the camera. It'll scan the passport in your face at the same time and tell them if you're not who you say you are. 
If the number, if the face doesn't match up with it, it's crazy to think about. But even, even just like the chip in the brain, there's a company out there that required all their employees to get a chip in the wrist. And that was how they received their paycheck. That's how they clocked in. Just, you know, just like, you know, 10 years ago, it was for animals, right? You put it in your dog uh, in case they got lost. They can scan it and tell you, you know, bring you back your dog. But now they're putting it into human beings. And so we're seeing these things start to take place and we're starting to see them uh, kind of fit together. And it ought not to scare us in that sense. We ought not to live in fear of it. But we ought to realize, man, things are coming together. Or some would say they're unraveling. Right? Unraveling faster than we can put them back together. And that ought to prompt us and help us to realize that we very well, very well, I mean, preachers have been preaching it since the days of Peter and Paul, that Christ is coming back. The church is going to be raptured. And we know there's going to be a generation that's going to experience that. They will be alive when Jesus calls the church home. It very well could be us. We're seeing the signs that are beginning to point that way. And one of these things, as I've studied this, man, it has put a desire in my heart and, and lit that fire afresh that, man, I need to get the gospel out. Man, I, I need to share the gospel. With people. I, I need to take advantage of every situation I have because it could be my last and it could be their last. We don't know tonight. But here's what we do know. There is going to come a time where this world is going to be under control of an unholy trinity. It'll be Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. And the blessing is that it's completely avoidable. That people don't have to go there. But if people don't know what this, that this is coming, they don't know that Jesus Christ died for their sins, then this is where they're heading to. right? Not, not just certain people, but all those that, that have not believed and all those have that not trusted Christ. This is where they're going to be at. And so we see tonight there's this unholy trinity. And it helps me, not only do I sit back and say, man, this is terrible, it, it causes me to rejoice that I know the real trinity. That God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit dwell inside of me. <laughs> we already won. We're not a defeated foe tonight. And as we look at this, and we, and we got, we're making our way, we're getting really close to Jesus coming back. Not just in our Bible study, but in real life as well. We're getting real close to Jesus coming back. And when he comes back, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great. Let's pray tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this evening. I pray, Lord, you'd help us to live